0: This is On The Left Side, The Funny Football Show.
1: Now, a different kind of feeling, of course, new to us, but exciting. How could it but not be a positive for Burnley Football Club to have the chance of European competition?
0: Hello and welcome to another quick-fire review of the week's football, but not as you know it. I'm Jim, it's Football Funny Time. There isn't long left of the Premier League season, which means there aren't many prizes left to dish out either. This means that it's time for Jose Mourinho in his much-lauded second season at United, a season in which, remember, he never fails to bring home the bacon, it's looking more and more like he's going to have to make do with some own-brand wafer-thin ham instead. Ugh, disgusting. Premier League and Champions League titles are both... Obviously, now out of reach. And only a potential FA Cup victory will mean that the special one can walk away clutching something glistening in a few weeks' time. Not that he's fussed. In fact, Jose has a very... well, Jose way of looking at things when it comes down to who wins what. I think we always say that the most important one is the one that we win. So when I won the the Champions League, the Champions League was the most important trophy for me. When I won the the leagues, the leagues were more important for me. And when I win nothing, I say that win is not important. (laughs) (laughs) That's all very well. Although this season, I think you might have a bit of a job convincing the United faithful that the five quid you won on a lottery scratch card was really the victory you were looking for this season. But everyone is taking those little wins where they can. Even Spurs, who managed to beat Watford earlier this week, are celebrating the fact they've managed to reach 70-plus points in a season for the third successive year. Which is all very well, but I'm sure Mauricio Pochettino isn't going to be ringing around his local bus companies to see if any of them have a little open top number he can borrow. Actually, this is Spurs. Of Course he will. Even those little player, team and manager of the year awards are beginning to get dished out left, right and centre and Mo Salah seems to be picking up trophies like Wayne Rooney picks up Instagram models. And no, I don't mean after a few cans in a VW Beetle. In fact, manager of the year would appear to be one of the final awards to be handed out and I'm afraid, Jose, I think you're going to be left there wanting too. In fact, it's hard to see Pochettino, Klopp or even Sean Dyche getting a look in there, considering some of the football that's been coming out of East Manchester this season. As Pep Guardiola makes everyone who suggested his tactics wouldn't work in the most competitive league in the world, mate, stare at their shoes and whistle a bit. But Sean Dyche need not worry. If European football comes to turf more... I'd personally say it's a much bigger achievement than spending 478 million quid and managing to put quite a good team together. But for Dyche, a far greater honour the manager of the year awaits. The Princess Royal pub near Turf Moor has pledged to rename their boozer the Royal Dyche after the gravelly-voiced Burnley boss if the club achieve access to the European promised land. Already after the club's success last year, Deich has been told he can drink for free at the bar. Although he probably needs to pay for his own salted worms. But having the pub named after him is obviously a much bigger deal. With landlady Justine Loriman saying, I don't know if I'm more excited about getting into Europe or renaming the pub. (coughs) I'm sure Deich shares that exact same sentiment. I think I'd probably rather have a pub named after me than achieve a massive accolade in my work life. You can keep your free-flowing legacy of beautiful football in Manchester Pep. Can you go and have a pint in the Pep pub yet? No, you cannot. The great thing about Sean having a boozer named after him as well is it won't be too difficult to find a sign. Just get one with Henry VIII on and paint a suit on the body. (laughs) In many ways, the Royal Dyche is a great name for a pub. It tells you what you're going to get on the inside. A good... Old-fashioned, northern drinking den. No thrills, no gimmicks, solid and proud. I think all pubs should be named in a similar way. You could have the Conte and Horses. Overpriced and impressive when you first go, but you soon realise it's not quite as good as you thought. The Three Vengers. When it first opened, it was great. A revolution in drinking. But as the years went by, it just doesn't seem so special anymore. Until they knock it down, and then everyone misses it and the Dog and Pardew. It looks like a pub, it sounds like a pub. But if you walk in, you soon realise it's just an empty building that's been pretending to be a pub for years. But the chances are you have not had as much to cheer for this season as Burnley fans, or United fans, or even Spurs fans. And that's probably left you feeling a little bit down. But you are not alone. You may well think that you enjoy watching football, But you would be wrong. The University of Brighton has been following football fans throughout the land using their new Mappiness app and has discovered that football makes us all really unhappy. To tell us more is Dr. George McCaron, who's been working on the project. Dr. George, welcome to On The Left Side. Hi there, thank you. So essentially the beautiful game's sending us into a pit of despair, is it? Why why is that?
1: Well, what we find, we're able to ask people how they feel in the moment and we find that uh, winning... Uh, gives us about a four percentage point boost to our happiness, our reported happiness, but losing gives us about an eight point dip. Uh, And so the effect of losing is about twice as big. And unless you're able to support a team that almost never loses, it looks like therefore on the average, at least your momentary experience is going to turn out worse as a football supporter.
0: You say you're able to ask people how they're feeling at certain moments. I assume you're not just following football fans around and when their team scores, you're going, you're right, mate, how's it going for you? You OK?
1: that's right we have an app called Mappiness so we don't have to track them individually and one of the things that we've been able to do with that data set is identify football fans by looking at seeing their location at a football stadium at the times that matches are going on Uh, we've been able to figure out who they follow and then we can look at specifically their responses uh, across the football season and join that up Uh, with data on the matches that are played, and even on data uh, with bookmakers' odds on those matches. So, we know the matches where they had an expectation of winning and matches where they had an expectation of losing, and that's another one of the things that actually makes a really big difference to the happiness effect. So, uh, both of the effects that I talked about, the the positive effect of winning, the negative effect of losing, uh, are more or less doubled if they go against your expectations.
0: This goes along with a theory that I've had for years about football, and my theory is that it's actually better to support a worse team in football, and that makes you happier. I support a terrible football team, and I have zero expectations about them winning (laughs) any games. So when they lose, I'm kind of like on a level, I'm okay. It doesn't really affect me that much. But when they win, I get super happy. Is that kind of backed up by your findings?
1: Well, it depends what you think people want, doesn't it? And traditionally, economists have thought that people wanted to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. In your case, it sounds like if you support a team that doesn't win very often, then you get a lot of small lows and a few amazing highs. Conversely, I guess, if you if you support a team that wins almost all the time, uh, you get a lot of small highs and a few incredibly big lows. Unless those highs are really extraordinarily big, then the average is going to end up negative.
0: So what are you going to do with the research? You've got all this data now. You've found out this connection between your sort of team winning and how happy that makes you and your team losing and how miserable that makes you. I mean, is it going to be something that if I went to the doctors and said, look, I'm feeling a bit down, I'm feeling depressed, they might, instead of Prozac, they might go, well, try supporting a different football team.
1: <laughs> that could help. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) there's all kinds of things that you can imagine helping I mean yeah supporting a team that wins a lot is certainly going to help you avoid those regular lows what you want to do is uh, is follow a team that you don't expect to win and then wins a lot but obviously that's quite hard to (laughs) arrange ahead of time I mean you could make a lot of money that way as well couldn't you? uh, if you could identify one of those teams and that would be good on all sorts of levels I suppose I mean actually overall one of the things that we find has the biggest impact on people's happiness is that most people really don't enjoy work compared to almost anything else they report doing Uh, and actually we're setting out now to create a successor app where we hope to dig into that some more so we're recruiting people right now actually for uh, for mappiness 2 and anyone who's interested uh, can sign up at mappinessapp.com
0: dr george thank you very much good luck with mappiness 2 and your research there and uh, we'll all go and hunt for that football team that we don't we expect to lose but always win it's not england so <laughs> it won't be any joy this world cup but i'm sure we'll find it somewhere good stuff thank you well that's depressing I guess, in a way, On the Left Side is kind of a counterbalance to watching miserable games of football, so make sure you subscribe now and you'll never miss another show. Just think of it like footballing Prozac. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye! On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinney and Jim Salverson for Abrupt Audio.